0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. here with you on a, uh, what is it, Wednesday? It'll be a Wednesday morning. I'm losing it again. I'm that, staying up the other night, the 2 o'clock in the morning. Thing. I'm too old, Joel. We're getting too old for this I'm, crap. I'm too old for, for this, as Danny, Danny Glover would say. <laughs> Roger Murtaugh would say. I'm too old. I'm not going to go any further than that. Uh, I want to thank all our great listeners out there. All of our listeners. Had some people to ask me today hey, we're going to find your podcast. Buddy, you can find it anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, you can find it in uh, in Spotify. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it. is I- iTunes is going away, so I guess it's going to be Apple Podcasts.
1: Well, yeah. Point. I mean, well, you have to go on the podcast app anyway. Right, so, yeah. so Apple
0: Podcasts, we'll call yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't
1: know that it's really changing places. But so anywhere
0: much. you're getting your podcast, you can get it in, of course.
1: And the- if you want to leave us a five star review, even if you hate us, Five stars. Even if you hate us. I mean, it's dogs helping dogs. By all
0: means, put five stars and then just dog us in the review. We don't care. (laughs) uh, We get that five-star review. You you can talk bad about us. You can do it anonymously, and we won't care.
1: Yeah, That's that's right. You don't even have to use your name.
0: (laughs) So, uh, But but help us out if you can. And, of course, uh, you can always go to supertalk.fm and find our podcast right there on our page. And along with all the the content that I'm putting out uh, for Mississippi State, also want to thank all our great listeners across the country and across the world, our friends over across the globe. What was what are you doing over there? You like Randy Orton for a second Worldwide. there. Worldwide. <laughs> I didn't mean I didn't know I was throwing you off. I didn't even know you were looking at me. <laughs> you just you just doing all these hand gestures over there. I don't know what's going on. Well, I think our servicemen and women across this world who are protecting our freedom and protecting Joel and I's ability to give you this podcast. Although there might be, you know, Trump might listen to our podcast one time and go, "You know what? Let's cut that out of the budget. Let's make sure that that podcast gets eliminated, but everything else is, is protected." We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna specifically allow a drone strike <laughs> on those two guys. I don't know. So. If you get that in order, please, uh, speaking of orders, don't forget, uh, I have given the order that you are allowed, leave, get, get to Mississippi. I have not had any, uh, anyone call or reach out to me asking to speak to their superior officer. What that says to me, Joel, is those superior officers knew what was coming to them. And they're like, we don't want to deal with the general. They don't mess with the general. Get on, get on back to Mississippi. We hope you can make it back. And if, you, if you're in town this weekend, let us know, and we'll see if we can't give you some, some love on the social media. We always love our sponsor, social social media. Uh, social media sponsored us. We may have a lot of money. Uh, our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee, it's going to be one of those shows. Uh, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream over there. Uh, this weekend, this is going to be a good time as any. It's going to be hot. It's going to be muggy, rainy. You know, rainy day gets brightened up with ice cream. That's how I look yep. at things. Tell them Joel T and Brian Cinchin you can get your ice cream
1: at regular price.
0: You, I tell you what, we need it. We need to work out a deal with them. We're like, if you mention the pod, you can get, you know. Two free chocolate chips on your Sunday, <laughs>
1: something like that. You yeah,
0: know, something. Something. We'll figure it out. We'll come up with something. All
1: get right. A, get an extra coffee bean on your,
0: you know. Man, some people would drink. take the extra ch- chocolate covered espresso bean. Yeah, espresso and uh, not espresso. S es- es- espresso. Espresso. I'm not. It's, it's very Italiano. I don't I don't know how to do it. I want to talk with my hands when I say it. I don't I don't know what's going on. Uh Talk a little football in the second half of the show, but we will start with baseball. Dates set, opponent named. It is the Stanford Cardinal. They will head to Starkville well, for I believe the first time ever. Uh between two of the uh, the all-time great programs in college baseball. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Saturday, 2 p.m. Here's that's that that's the good news. The good news is the high on Saturday right now is 83. The bad that's news is because it's like a 78% chance of rain. Now it's a little far too far out for me to look, look at an hourly forecast to get an idea of when that rain's going to be. Sunday game scheduled for another eight o'clock first pitch, and then a six if, if necessary six o'clock on Monday. Looking ahead to this weekend, how how are they going to stagger this with the weather? You think do you think these times are going to hold up? I mean, obviously they're going to try for them to hold we're, up. We're going to be playing on Thursday. <laughs> um, I
1: I don't know how this works. Isn't there a scenario that um. Like, if it just rains and washes out the weekend, they They can just assign a team to Omaha. They would just send the
0: higher seed. They would send state. Yeah. So
1: So maybe. (laughs) So, Bulldog fans, you want to pray for a gully washer. I I don't think anyone would just want to have it done that way, but if you're just – if you're scared, say you're scared, I guess, and just let it rain, and then you just get sent to Omaha. The title is
0: held in abeyance at that point.
1: (laughs) Could you imagine being the team – that didn't get to play for a chance to Omaha, and they were just like, nope, you don't get You're to play a game. We're just going to send the other team." Or
0: imagine if they did it like oh, Friday God. Night Lights style and did a coin flip. Oh. And you just you just lose the coin flip, and so your season ends because it rained and you called tails. a heartbreaker. So yeah, I, I, I baseball will get done. Yeah, uh, one way or get the other, series in. they'll, I, they'll I figure sure. it out.
1: Um, but yeah, I I get it. You know, TV being what it is, they try and get every game on and things, but it's just not it's not fan friendly, man. That's what I hate about it. To have a Sunday night, 8 o'clock game. Yeah. I mean, you and I will be there. And, yeah. I mean, we get paid, and there'll be a
0: good number of there'll fans there. I
1: mean, there were a good number of fans there this past Sunday night. It but won't it's be just, the
0: crowds it could have been. Yeah. And for the for me, two regionals, this one and the one in Arkansas, I guess LSU too. Those were the ones you should have tried to give the prime time numbers to because those are the ones that are going to have the huge crowds and really showcase the sport the best. Those are the games that should be, you know, on Saturday, two, 2 o'clock is fine. But same on Sunday, or at worst, 5 o'clock. So that you're, you're, you're really getting the big crowds that showcase the sport. You get, you know, five-digit crowds at all three places. That's what you, you, maybe you should have done. That said, you know, the crowds will still be good. The atmosphere will still be good. Especially a State can... You, as you think about that Saturday game, there should be a huge crowd yeah. for that. People will make sacrifices. It's super regional. When, small, there, when small wins that game, as he is likely to do, and you're one win away from Omaha, that will push people to come on Sunday. Yeah. Because there'll be a lot of, let's, let's get it done now. We've got to push it over the ledge now. Cause especially if what you and I have been assuming is correct, and it's the, the rotation goes uh, small plumbly, and then maybe begin... You know, you would love to see Gang get that weekend off. That is the best-case scenario.
1: Yeah, and we're we're scheduled, by the way, to meet with Chris Lamonis yes, and Company are. on, uh, well, Wednesday. So today, today if you're listening, listening on Wednesday, today. Yeah. We're scheduled to meet with Chris Lamonis and Company today. So we may get some more clarification. In fact, I would expect us to get some more clarification of some kind on JT Ginn. I don't expect him to say officially whether or not he's pitching, but we'll, we, we'll get an update of some kind. On we'll get that.
0: something. Yeah, and yeah. We'll have, uh, if you're following Sports Talk Mississippi on Twitter, we'll have video of those uh, interviews and the players and coaches uh, uh, this afternoon. Looking at Stanford, the first thing that jumps out to me is they got some pop. They got a lot of pop. They, they 87 home runs as a team, uh, including uh, three guys, well, they have three guys over uh, in double digits, including Brandon Wolf, 19 home runs, uh, Andrew Dashback, seventeen home runs. Richard Cross tried to put a, a hex on Mississippi State today. By the way, on Sports on Mississippi, he was like, "Dashback sounds a lot like Dahlback, doesn't it?" It's like you son of a. How could you? Uh, and then Will Matheson, who is evidently you know, and I don't know a whole. I won't sit there and act like I know a lot about Stanford, but is one of the nation's top two way players. Will Matheson hitting three twenty two to lead the Cardinal with twelve home runs and fifty two RBI. And then on the other side of the uh, the ball there. He's six and two on the season, three point seven one ERA. Batters hitting two thirty two against. The him. other side of the ball, huh? Yeah, isn't it? Well, I mean, how would you Gosh. say it? <laughs> other side I, I, of the I, I think I just would have said on the mound. On the mound. <laughs> <But> <laughs> he's 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 playing both ways. There, he's a good. He's they have that. It's the John Olerud Award, isn't it? The for the best two way player in college baseball. I believe that's correct. I sure. I. I don't know that that's correct, but I, I'll, I'll I'm go. Are we sure I'm right? I, I mean,
1: I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I just
0: if I'm not, I'm I, not familiar with every If I am single wrong, word. I'll have at least three people tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah.
1: Round the eighth inning is the penultimate inning of
0: the game. The penultimate because <laughs> the ninth inning is the last. yeah. I get it now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Um, uh, but this the Stanford team. I wouldn't say they're a great hitting team, but they're a good hitting team. They're hitting two eighty one as a team. They've got one hundred sixteen doubles, eighty seven home runs. Uh, you know they're slug they're slugging 486 so that's a big gap between batting average and slugging unless you know that when they put the ball in play it's it's Do they're doing some damage with it well like a big inning kind of team yeah um, and on the other side of it you know i mean OPS is 853 that's not bad for the team OPS and against them teams are only hitting 246 with a 672 OPS and slugging 359 so not only they've only given up 39 home runs So not only are they a a team that can do some damage, it looks like their pitchers, they limit damage. Imagine that, Brian. A team that made
1: the Super Regionals a good team. I mean, (laughs) you know that... It it doesn't always happen. That's that's true, but most times it does. No, I... You know... I I mean, Ole Miss made it. I've talked to some people over the last, uh, I don't know, a few days, or really today, but... Um. now that we know the opponent. But I've talked to a couple people today. But I, over the last few weeks, I've talked to some people that almost think it's a given this team go, goes to Omaha. Oh, it's not Omaha. a given. It's just, it's just not. No. I mean, I, I'm favoring them to go to Omaha. You know, I think they'll win Those this Those same weekend. people
0: thought this in 2016. I yeah, exactly, guarantee it.
1: Exactly. I mean, you just – you feel like Mississippi State – I mean, if the better team wins this weekend, Mississippi State's going to Omaha. Right. Plain and simple.
0: Um, but we've seen too many
1: times
0: – no, the, no, the better team doesn't. Always and Stanford's win, a good so. team. I mean, they were a national seed. They were in the they were in the uh, high national seed discussion. They were ranked in the top five at times this year. They've played. You know, when you look at their schedule, they've played a pretty decent one. Considering you know that the, the Pac twelve is not the Pac twelve is a very top heavy conference. The three good teams there: Stanford, Oregon State, and and UCLA are really really good. Beyond that, they're not great. But you look at their schedule. They went to Cal State Fullerton, who was at the time ranked. Uh, they ended up, I think, falling just short of the regionals. Same with Texas; they took they took two out of three from Texas. I'm sorry, three out of four from Texas. This tells you how early in the season it was. Texas was number 12 in the nation. They ended up, I think, with a losing record. Uh, but they took three out of four from them, and then they really had, you know, a pretty good run through uh, conference play. They got one from UCLA. Um, and look at when they took on Oregon State. I'm trying to find that series. It must have been towards the end. Uh, they split with them. They they had to uh, cancel a game due to weather. So this is a pretty good baseball team. They took uh, two out of three from Arizona State, who was in the Baton Rouge regional. So, pretty good team. It would be foolish, yes, to just assume that State's just going to show up and win. I I will guarantee you that the players and the coaches are not making such an assumption.
1: Yeah, that that's why I. That's one of the reasons I favor State is Mm -hmm. because they have such a. I've covered teams before that didn't have the greatest of heads on their shoulders. This team is not one of those teams, right? I mean, I don't think that for one single solitary second that any anyone on that team is just already you know planning on eating their steak in Nebraska. You know, <laughs> they they they've, they they know they're going to have to go out this earn and earn it this weekend. They've seen um, you know Jake and Jordan and, and well heck, just about everybody on the team. It seems like Rowdy started the year in a slump. You know, Jordan had his little. Couple, you know, month and a half long stretch. Jake's hopefully, you know, coming out of his two or three week stretch of a slump. Seems like everybody on the team has had a a funk. This team has seen that you can go cold. Just about everybody on the team. And if it all, you know, if it all was to happen again over the course of a weekend, they could very easily be at home and not go to Nebraska. So, I think that these guys, through for all they've been through, if there's anything I'm worried about going into the weekend, it's definitely not going to be their mentality. They'll be ready to play, and so. If that if that accounts for anything on top of their talent, I think State wins the series, and I think that most people listening would probably pick them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it's but, but it's going to be can, a dog fight. You
0: can pick them from an objective point of view to win this series. Yes. I feel very comfortable yes.
1: about it. Uh, I, it would not shock me if this series went three games. And if that's the case, you know, then you start getting into iffy territory a little bit for State. Does again throw game three? Is he able to throw game three? Is that a Brandon Smith start all of a sudden? There's some, there's some issues that you kind of start getting into. Um, I, I don't know. You know, the ideal scenario, of course, is to come out and win two and see you in Omaha. So we'll, we'll see how it goes down. But it's, it's going to be two very, very good teams. I It always is this time of year. These super regionals. To me, College World Series is great. Regionals are fun. Mm -hmm. this is the funnest you know funnest i don't even know if that's a a word either making making crap up over here this is the most fun weekend of of the entire tournament i I, I like it i mean it's just
0: it really is i mean the
1: the best of three format like i wouldn't even be totally opposed if they did away with regionals Mm -hmm. and added an extra round and you just had three best of threes leading into omaha i'd be Mm -hmm. for that
0: that'd be interesting or do you, I mean, they'll never cut the tournament down in, in size because there's just too much money to be made with yeah. 64 teams. But
1: I mean, you literally only need one more weekend to do three best of threes.
0: You know what you should do at that point? I and mean, the conferences wouldn't go for but eliminate the conference tournaments. Yeah. And yeah. just go straight into the postseason. But the conferences make too I much just, money. I feel this, like. This the, is what, they, these kind of ideas are great. They'll never happen because there's just too much money to be made yeah. somewhere else.
1: I mean, you just think about it, The baseball season all year long, basically, mm-hmm. is based on three-game weekend series. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the postseason, and it's a tournament. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just it's not how it's been done all year. Oh well, yeah, I mean, so, think, well, I mean, look, think about basketball.
0: I mean, it's just you know, play all, you play thirty yeah. some odd games, and then one game, one and done, one and done. You know, you know, look at Mississippi State. I mean, in a, in a seven game series, State beats Liberty four games probably to two, but in one and done, you know, all it takes is that one. So yeah, for sure, this 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 Stanford team. I think they're a good team. I wouldn't say they're a great team, but they're very good. Uh, they, they are a dangerous team, mainly because, like I said, a team that can put the ball over the fence with that kind of uh, regularity is somebody to be feared, especially now that Dudu Noble plays more like a hitter's park. Won't be surprised to see them park some out there in the lounge. And they have to be able to have a lot of confidence because, you know, they lost that game on Saturday, and they had to win three times to, straight. They had to win three in a row to get here, and they did it. They did it. So that's got to give them a big confidence boost. Yeah, there's another team in Starfield that did that last year. Yeah. And you saw how much
1: momentum that gave the Bulldogs going yeah. forward. Yeah, I mean that's a dangerous club. A team that, that comes
0: out of the losers bracket
1: when you to do, win. Yeah, that's when you dangerous. do that, you you start getting the feel in your dugout that you can't lose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so that, that's a dangerous bunch coming in. You know, having that mentality. So,
0: yeah, we'll have a lot more preview about this series uh, on the on the, uh, the days, the next couple of days to come. Uh, but yeah, Mississippi State, Stanford, that is locked in, and uh, n- contrary to what some ESPN guys were saying, evidently <laughs> it might be in start what. Yeah. Like, how do you not know the rules of your own sport?
1: Well, there there have been some, and I, I mean, I'm not making fun of anybody. I know some
0: people. But you kind of are.
1: Well, um, I mean, I have people in my family that don't follow baseball enough to truly. Oh, those, those people are, that's one uh, thing. Understand. What you it work for ESPN
0: covering college yeah. baseball?
1: But yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen some social media things and whatever, like I sure hope State hosts, hosts the regional and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, we were looking at some of those in the press box the other night. Well, I can assure you folks. Mississippi State's hosting the regional. Make plans to be here this weekend. So. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's switch over to
0: football. Super regional. Super regional, yeah. yeah. Let's switch over to football. Uh, the big news of the day was uh, a couple – well, I, I shouldn't say a couple. A lot of players have arrived on campus, and I don't have the uh, the entire signing class in front of me. I know that the early enrollees were Cross, Schrader, Sharp, uh, oh, gosh. Eh, never mind. King there, there were six of them. N- most of the rest of the class has made it in now. If you got the uh, the, if you saw the article from Mississippi State and I tweeted it on my timeline, I tweeted it, I retweeted it. Even though I quoted it, I did retweet it. That's yours and Robbie's thing. I don't mind if you quote tweet. What's no, his I problem? Really. I don't
1: know. I don't know. Least, you guys, you least guys. He,
0: at least he puts his name on it. Uh, but anyway, the the majority of the rest of the class is in, including uh, graduate transfer, Tommy Stevens, including graduate transfer, punter Corliss Waitman, including Lee Weatherspoon, the running back. Who there was some con- there was some, I don't know if concern is the right word, but there were some questions that he was going to be on time. Demonte Russell is here. Uh, Nathan Pickering is not on this list. No, no, there he is. Yeah, there he is. A, yeah, okay. He is. Oh, my bad. My bad. Don't be
1: freaking out. The oh,
0: oh, people are like what? Yeah. Jerry Jones is here. Uh, couple of names, one to denote that's not here yet is Kareem Walker, the junior college running back. They expect him in July for the second summer semester. He still has a little bit of classwork to, to keep up, which is just surprising to me considering that classwork issues were, got him out of the University of Michigan. you think if anybody was going to be atop of their academics, it would be a guy like that, but evidently there's still some, some waiting there. And then a guy we have not talked very much about, but he is a transfer out of the University of Louisville, defensive tackle Alan Love, I believe, He was a high school teammate of uh, Signee and who just made it now, Brevin Jones, uh, over there in Alabama. Transferred to Louisville. Of course, Louisville just had a coaching change from Bobby Petrino to Scott Satterfield. Uh, So he's transferred. My guess is with the NCAA and their new, easier way of doing things, you can expect to see him on the field for the Bulldogs this year. And that's a key piece because defensive tackle depth, experience depth, something the Bulldogs need, and that's somebody – I don't know that he'll challenge for a starting spot, but my guess is he'll be in the rotation.
1: They need as many bodies they can get right now, I think, that inside the defensive line. When you lose Simmons and you lose Corey Thomas and you lose Braxton Hoyette and you lose, you lose what this group lost, I mean, that's a – you need as much competition inside as you can get to try and find, you know, those pieces that you'll need to get through a season. I don't know who those guys will be yet, but – you know that we, we've talked about it already, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more as as the summer turns into fall. But you know that's on the list of question marks on this team. That's up there, yeah. the interior of that defensive line.
0: Looking at his offer list coming out of high school, Louisville, obviously where he committed, Indiana, Ole Miss, Arkansas, uh, Kentucky, Memphis, Michigan State, NC State, Purdue. So, and uh, what's interesting to me is it doesn't appear. That Mississippi State really made a push for him in high school doesn't have them listed as even giving him an offer. Uh, now this would have been the class of eighteen, so two years ago, so that would have been the Mullen moorhead Bridge class. I'm trying to think, you know, maybe defensive line wasn't a big priority because you had a bunch coming back, and then you combine that with you knew you were getting a bunch in 2019. You had you felt good about you know Pickering and Russell and, and the rest of that group. But that said, he is headed to Mississippi State now. Currently, he is ineligible because he's not a grad transfer. He's just a transfer. He's he's, he's a, a freshman, I believe. I, I think he's a redshirt freshman. So that, will he be a sophomore. Let me let me see if I can figure this out. See what I can work out here for you. Uh, listed as a as a freshman. There, did he play? I don't think he played. So I guess he may have may have been his redshirt year last year. So they they have a waiver in place for him. They're going to see if they can get it approved. Like I said, with the way the NCA approves waivers now, especially in, in lieu of a coaching change, they're probably going to let that happen. So would expect to see him uh, in Starkville. The other news of the day, uh, officially now, Isaiah Zuber, who I don't think we talked about on this show. Yeah, I don't think we did either. Uh, he is a, officially a bulldog, led the big 12 last year in punt return average at seven, which uh, I got my, I'm excited about that. If something excites me, it's that. State is <laughs> we've been struggling when the punt returns. Over the past four or five years, would like to see that, but more importantly than that, he gives MSU a really legitimate receiving threat.
1: No, okay. I think we did mention him
0: because that that reminds me. Okay,
1: you remember you said something about didn't see any. Oh yeah, threats. yeah. We talked, I think we talked about it yesterday. <laughs> now that I
0: think about it. This is how old I'm getting. <laughs> the dementia is setting in any day now. Well,
1: I'm what 10, 12 years younger, and I didn't remember hanging anything around until me you got there.
0: hurts you. You know, look at Bob for God's sakes. Uh, but this is a, this is a big deal, and making it official. Let's talk about Joe Moorhead in the transfer market because State has never been this active getting grad transfers. This is going to be three grad transfers and just a regular transfer this year. Now, I understand that transfers weren't as big a part of college football five, six years ago as they are now. But to me, this is an encouraging sign because it shows the ability to adapt. You're you're not just saying, well, I know this is the new way, but I'm not going to fiddle with it because some coaches will do that. Yeah. And then it also shows you that he saw what he missed in recruiting. He missed on a big receiver. He probably wanted like to have gotten another defensive tackle in recruiting. I know they recruited Byron Young really hard. Um, you know the punter. He just felt like he needed to go out and, and, if nothing else, provide some competition. So he went out and got these guys. This is a big positive for me in terms of my viewpoint of Moorhead. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: that's the thing with Moorhead, man. I, I don't know that there's any ego there. I don't know that there's any. I guess you could make an argument on the way he ran his offense that it's a my way or the highway type thing, but he did not really have that kind of personality. Like if he needs to make an adjustment or adapt or something's not working, he seems like the kind of guy that's going to try something. You know, <laughs> it's going to going to do something a little different. So, uh, yeah, he, he's delved into the transfer market. You didn't see Mullen do it as much. Has he done it at Florida? I haven't paid a ton of attention down there. I haven't, he, I haven't really paid kinda, attention. Has he kind of changed his way a little bit there? I wonder just how much of this is...
0: I know he's is, had some players going out.
1: Yeah. I wonder how much of this is Joe, you know, adapting or whatever, and how much of it is just because of the transfer portal and how things have kind of changed.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know the only what the transfer I can remember, and, and my, our listeners, if you remember somebody, if, something, if I'm missing one, you feel free to hit me up. But the only one that I can truly remember is Brandon May, who transferred from Clemson to Mississippi State, an old-fashioned transfer that he had set out a year. Uh, and then he came in and he wasn't very effective. You know, and I don't know if it was just the transition from ACC to SEC, but, you know, there was a lot of talk that he was going to be a starting middle linebacker for MSU. And by the end of the season, he couldn't even get on the field. So nobody else is standing out to me that, you know, transferred in and, and was a, a big uh, difference maker for Mississippi or even played, to be totally honest with you. So, you know, like I said, it is different, definitely a different world as far as what college football is now and how transfers work. To me, I think you're going to, you know, and I've always been a sign of full class no matter what kind of guy. But I think you're going to start seeing coaches holding scholarships now and just playing, playing the, the game of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the transfer market a little bit. Yeah, Because if you've got playing time to offer, and Mississippi State at wide receiver, honestly probably could have gotten two or three receivers. You know, yeah. I think they've made a push for Jawan Johnson, who ended up going to Oregon. You can't really fault him for that, going to play in a pass-happy offense with the, maybe the number one quarterback in the country, or at least for, in terms of NFL purposes. Um, I think they made a play for another guy who I can't. Uh, he may have been another Penn State guy. To be totally honest with you, but they went after some guys. You know, at quarterback they went at that they 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 went after Kelly Bryant. I think they at least kicked the tires on Justin Fields and said, "Hey, are you somewhat interested?" And you know, obviously he wasn't. He went to Ohio State, and then they bring in Tommy Stevens. This is just the new way. So I think you might start seeing you know smart coaches anyway sign twenty to twenty two guys and keep two or three slots available into the into the early summer to see what transfers are out there. Yeah. I mean, you see, I jump sports all the time, but like
1: in MLB, you know, they have the 40-man roster, and, and sometimes you have GMs that leave spots or two open, you know, so they don't have to make 40-man moves all the time. Kind do of the same deal here. I mean, you, you leave it open in college football, uh, you leave some spots open. If you see somebody in the transfer portal that you think may help your team, snatch them up. And, and by the way, just to help out – You here, Brian? Because I kind of not screamed at you, but you were mentioned about the uh, the transfer deal and Brandon May as the only guy you could think of. If anyone was yelling at your podcast device, like I kind of mentioned to Brian earlier, he's not talking about folks like Montez Sweat and yeah, yeah, no, Brian no, no. Cole and guys Those that are not transfers. Yeah. Those, are ju- those were <laughs> JUCO players.
0: They, yeah. If they had transferred straight from Michigan or Michigan State to State, that's one thing. If they went to Colin or East yeah. Mississippi, that's a recruit. Yeah, we're, we're talking that's about
1: different. someone that like a Tommy Stevens that's going straight from Penn State to State, yeah. straight from, you know, yeah. Brandon Mays' case, Clemson to State. Yeah, or,
0: exactly. You went from university to university. Yeah. You didn't go from university to junior college to university. That's not what we're talking about. So, yeah. Good for Joe. And and honestly, like I said, I think I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, to me, this makes year two a lot more pressure for him. Because he's got a quarterback. No excuses there. He's got a receiver who can at least elevate – who should, at very least, at the very least, elevate the play of the unit. No, no excuse not to be better. Again, and I I, I want to stress this because I forget the feeling we're going to get into the this, this season – and people are going to be like, what would you expect? you expect us to be like, you know, Nebraska in 83? No, I don't. I don't. I just expect to be better. I expect to be from somewhere between 1 and 7, maybe even 8, in the conference in total offense. I feel that somewhere in that range, with what I think State can do defensively, is going to be enough to win 8-plus games.
1: I think if they're one on well, that list. <laughs> well, if they're one with the defense, they should gonna, have. I think they're going to win a few
0: more. They're going to win a few more but... games than that. But I'm just saying, any number. If they're sixth, if they're seventh, if they're eighth, and if they're in the top five on defense, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Anything lower than eighth, and then, and then you probably win in seven. Anything lower than tenth, and you're going to struggle to get to six. And that's I mean, and for to hire an offensive coach who goes out and gets a quarterback completely familiar with his system who upgrades the talent position, level at the receiver position and has a potential all-SEC running back in the backfield, there's no excuse to be worse than that. And if you are, that tells me in year three, it's win or go home. I think that Moorhead has made the right moves to put himself in position to be successful in 2018. Am I ready to give my, my official prediction yet? I'd like to see Tommy Stevens in practice, to be totally honest with you. So it might be August before we get there. But Well, it will be August. It will be August, right? yeah. <laughs> But right now, I feel like my, my my positivity meter is moving towards Joel T and moving away from Brian H. Hey, hey, hey. that's where we are right now. So we'll see where it sunshine takes. pumping. Yeah, something like that.
1: Man, I got I, I've got a prediction.
0: Let's hear it.
1: Somebody's hitting us up at twi- on Twitter at like 7 a.m. in the morning with some transfer that we hadn't thought of, buddy.
0: I, I welcome it because I don't remember them. And I do not. I mean, I, I've been since you mentioned it a minute ago. I've been racking, I've been racking, my, racking my brain. brain. I, I thought about I, it before I got here, and I was just like there's just nobody that stands out as as a a junior college i i'm sorry a f- transfer from a 4-year fbs university to mississippi state don't remember so all right uh tomorrow's show we record on Wednesday for Thursday. A lot more baseball talk. Yeah. Gonna to try to hit somebody up from Stanford. Yeah, and we'll talk to Lamonis and come. will and company, So we'll have some of that. Uh, some of what they tell us. Hopefully, have some uh, an update on JT. We will have an update on JT again. It may be there is no update. Yeah, but we'll have an update. We, on We that. will have a fresh comment from Chris Lamonis regarding
1: the status of JT again.
0: There you go. So we'll talk all about all that tomorrow on the show. I actually
1: requested JT again. Now whether I get him or not,
0: we'll, we'll see, see it. how it goes. Yeah. For Joel T. Coleman. Woo. I'm Brian Haydn. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Tall, Mississippi.